0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All things covered, listeners and viewers. Once again, we're back right at it with an outstanding show for you guys. Uh, Right now, when you look at our show, we oftentimes highlight guys in the secondary, but we felt it's only right that we bring a guy who actually put points on the scoreboard. A guy, I believe, and we will hit on this throughout the show, will be a huge fantasy asset for a lot of fantasy owners because I do play fantasy football. I'm retired, so I can tap into those extracurricular activities. But this individual, a fourth-round pick in 2018 out of Fordham, spent four years with Arizona. Now he is a part of one of the hottest teams in the National Football League, I guess, I would say had one of the hottest off season in the National Football League. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Chase Edmonds22. Like I said, on both handles, you can follow him with the same name. And oh, by the way, Pat P man, What's we up? feel we we it's a special day for us because this man has is, is dedicated. He is joining us on his birthday. Oh <laughs> Chase Edmonds' birthday right now for all you Chase Edmonds fans who root and cheer for him week in and week out, who love the Cardinals, who love the Miami Dolphins, wish this man a happy birthday, Chase. Number one, thank
2: you for joining us on your birthday. Yes,
3: And, sir. How, and
2: how old did you turn today? Man, I turned 26, man, I'm getting old, man. Yeah. 26?
3: 26. Enjoy it.
2: 26? Closer old. to 30, it hit me hard. though. I feel like I'm closer to 30 now.
1: You four (laughs) years away from 30, man. You you were just 21, (laughs) what, five years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, but happy birthday to you, man.
2: How you feeling? How you doing? Happy birthday. I appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that, P2. Yeah, thank you all for having me on, man. But uh, I'm feeling real blessed, feeling excited, man. I actually just got down here to South Florida uh, yesterday. Actually, was the first day I touched down. So today was my first day at the facility. I had just got done with a family vacation. I took my mom's out, my sister out to DR. So that was kind of my little birthday celebration.
3: Okay, okay. But me and Matt being from from that area, South Florida, how are you enjoying that that South Florida weather so far? Oh, yeah, I'm enjoying the P2. It's
2: a little <laughs> more rain than AZ, you know, but uh, I already caught, like, my first rain shower when I was driving on the highway. It hit me real quick and got a batter there, but uh, I'm definitely enjoying it, man. I've been down here quite a few times, so I'm, I'm used to this. Well, we're going to see if he has the same uh,
1: uh, same thought process when July uh, hit, when I humidity, hit, when that humidity, when that humidity tap in. It's different than that AZ. That AZ got that dry heat. I know. Boy, that July that August.
2: That is humidity is different, bro. It's yes different. Sir. I'm already knowing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and in AZ, you know, you guys play in an indoor uh, facility. So out there in, uh, in the old Joe Robbie stadium for you, oh. for you diehard Dolphin fans, the hard rock right now. Ain't no yeah. ain't no legit roof. Ain't no, what'd you say, Pat P? I said it's Hard Rock now, Cap. I know, but you know, I thought, I, you know, Joe Robbie, people forget it used to be called Joe Robbie Johnny, when he was I legit. I never
2: heard of Joe Robbie in my life. I can't that? Even lie to you. See that? See that? <laughs> I,
1: just, I, just gave you, I just gave you some some history on the stadium you will be participating in. It's Hard Rock Stadium, but once upon a time, when Pat P was a faithful Dolphin fan, it was Joe Robbie Stadium. Right? <laughs> Dolphin. Yeah.
3: Miami Dolphins.
1: Yeah, that's all. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, Chase, let's take it up north real quick. Since you down south, let's take it up north. You grew up in Harrisburg, PA. Uh, Who were your football influences growing up?
2: Oh, for sure, uh, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. Shady was just uh, my influence just because he was right up the road. So I went to a public school called CD East, and Shady went to McDevitt. So I remember Mm -hmm. being a little kid, man, and back in those days, you know, they used to get the uh, the volunteers to hold the chains in high school games, straight yep. off the the high school attendees. So my dad would make sure he was the first one to get there. And I remember uh, the game where Shady we ran for like four hundred yards. My dad he was he was holding the chains and he 400 yards. The chains. Yeah, he ran for four hundred. I think against like Red Line or something like that in high school. I was at that game though, right. and uh, my, my dad was holding the chains. And I remember, you know, you know how when the uh, like a running back or somebody's running towards the sideline, you're supposed to drop the chains, right? You know? <laughs> And, of course, his ass ain't dropping. <laughs> and Shady bent it in half uh, <laughs> running through it. But uh, just growing up, watching Shady, man, being able to see him come from high school and being able to see his career and where he goes to Philly, he starts snapping it and seeing him on Nike billboards from back home, kind of being from a small city, you know, that was, that was big-time motivation for me.
3: Yeah. That's awesome, man. I had the pleasure to play with my young guy, Chase, here. And um, I must say, you, you was – by far, one of the funniest guys on the team, and one of the funniest. <laughs> I appreciate that, Pete. we was have a dull moment when, uh, when you was in the in that locker room, for sure. But uh you was the MVP of this Big 33 game. For those yeah. who are unfamiliar, can you explain, you know, the significance of that game?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't even know if this record still stands, but, like, the, the bragging rights that the Big 33 always had was that for, like, the last, like, 40 Super Bowls, it was never... Not a member of a Super Bowl team that didn't play in the Big 33 game. It was like for like some 30, 40 Super Bowls straight. That, wow. wow. Yeah. Somebody that played in the Big 33 game had played in the Super Bowl con- consecutively, yo, which is yo, crazy. Chase, do you know, uh, do
1: you remember any, any of the notable names that played in the Big 33 game that also played in a Super Bowl?
3: Not only that, but explain the, the state that you played against. Yeah. Yeah. So so when I was growing up, uh, it used to be Pennsylvania, Ohio. And they mm-hmm.
2: would take the best kids from Pennsylvania, they take the best kids from Ohio, and they take the 33 each from each state, and then they play each other. But then as I was growing up, I remember Ohio had, you know, they must have won like 10 some years straight. Cause I remember they had like Big Ben one year, mm-hmm. they had like Terrell Pryor, uh, yeah, they had some dogs, man, coming out of Ohio. And so they ended up switching it from Ohio to no. Maryland.
1: No, Chase. Terrell went to. Uh, Terrell was in. in oh, Terrell, in Pittsburgh, Terrell was in PA. PA. huh? Yeah, he, he was in PA. PA.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. trying. Who else was in Ohio? It was bro. Um, there was Ted again. Mario Winningham, Tyler Boyd. Uh, yeah. T Boy was PA.
1: I remember Big that. Man. I think Charles Winston was in it also back in the day. Bob, if you go uh, back in
2: the day, though, I'm pretty sure Montana played in it.
1: Bob I'm Sanders. Pretty
2: sure I, mm. Bob Sanders.
1: Yeah, Bob Sanders also. Who Charles it was Wilson, it was some yep. big
2: names though, bro? It was it was some big names. And uh that was kind of they bragging right type of thing. And then we, we ended up switching to Maryland uh the year before my senior year, which was twenty thirteen. So the I think twenty thirteen was the first year I switched to Maryland.
1: And what's and, the reason uh, y'all switched to Maryland?
2: <laughs> man, it was it was running through us, bro. <laughs> it was I remember I went to one game, we lost like about forty five points or something like that, bro, in the all star game. It was crazy. In the All-Star game. Yeah, that was It was crazy, best, it was bad. Yeah. Man I, man, I don't know what was going on with them boys, man. I think, though, look, though, I really think it's because uh, the game kind of started getting uh, dwindled down because that's when, like, it became more hot for kids to go to school early. So oh. a lot of the big-time high school prospects stopped going to the game. You know, they, they just kind of opt out and go up to school pretty early. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> I, I remember it, it was a big deal when I was playing in Pittsburgh uh, because I really was unfamiliar with high school football in the state of PA, but when I got there, I really started to – I learned how – big it was and how competitive it was. And, of course, you, know, you look at some of the best quarterbacks that ever played in the National Football League came out of the state of PA. So the Big 33 yeah. at that time, when I was in Pittsburgh, of course, it was uh, PA versus Ohio. And now, as you stated, it's now PA versus uh, Maryland. But, yeah, it, it, it's been some heavy hitters that, has, that have participated. Man, in bro, some, some heavy hitters. It was for a time. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at your high school career, being able to get an opportunity to play in a big 33. Despite all the stats and accolades in high school, why didn't the FBS offers come in and how did you deal with that?
2: Man bro, I think uh, I think some people just are late boomers. And uh, coming out of high school, I was about like 180. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the knock on me was that I was really just a five nine running back. I didn't really run no like four three, no crazy 40 yard dash like that. So I, I think people kind of thought my ceiling wasn't too high, you know? So a lot of people were trying to get me for a cornerback even coming into the FCS. Mm. And that's kind of what, what brought me to Fordham just because at that time we had Joe Moorhead and uh, he ended up going on to be a pretty, pretty big time college coach, but yeah. he just believed in kind of my ability to change direction very quickly, you know, my, my vision. And I felt like that was what my strong suit was. So I <clears> kind of just bet on myself, bro. You know, I went to a scheme where I thought it would be able to to showcase my, my best abilities and uh, you know, it ended up working out for me in that way.
3: Man. I'm looking at this game you talking about you going to Fordham. I'm looking at this game you had against Lafayette. Had oh, yeah, yeah. 359 yards. <laughs> 21.1 yards per carry. How unstoppable. Do you felt that? Like, that's just crazy. You know, obviously here with the third that you said <laughs> size you was too small but you go out and have a big performance like this. Yeah, you know, I mean,
2: the knock on that is again it's against Lafayette P 2 So
3: <laughs>
2: I'm I mean, not still feel, stop. Hey, hey, no I question. felt good though, because it was pregame. And uh, I used to get some love, man. I used to get some love in FCS. And one of the uh one of the Lafayette coaches went and came up and asked me to sign something for his son. That's what <laughs> I hey. I, <laughs> Dude, bro, that's pre-game? big. That's big. <laughs> Pre game, bro. I can't make it up. Like they was they was treating me like I was real deal in the in the FCS, but uh that game was crazy. I think um I broke the record because I guess FCS and FBS the records sometimes combine. I had broke the record that game for most yards per uh, per attempt mm. per carry, most yards per carry, minimum fifteen carries in the game in NCAA history.
3: That's big, man. average
1: you yeah. average two first downs a carry, bro.
3: Yeah, that's a... man, bro. It was no, nah, that, that game was crazy. What was the running scheme like? Like, what was y'all running? <laughs> bro, we was, just, we was just
2: running spread, bro. We was literally just running spread. But we was running, uh, we were heavy inside zone. And we used to run this play called Clippers and Crush. And it's like a, uh, it's really just split zone, split split zone, bro. But Hey,
1: Chase, Chase, put your coaching bro, hat on and break down split zone for our <laughs> listeners, viewers that might not know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, break it down
2: so, for them. So for us, it was split zones out of 11 personnel. And that's what a tight end on the field. And then you have three receivers. So we might run a play like, like dual left uh, crush. So we might have a two receiver set to the field and we're in a shotgun formation. I'd be on the quarterback's left. And then we have a, a tight end kind of choked up on the right. And what we do is we run a, a zone action to the right and then the tight end would just come across and he would always kick out that backside end. So when he kicks out that backside end, you know, it gives the tackle a pretty good angle to get to that backside will. And it just created a split zone action. And for whatever reason, the tight end coming across the formation would always mess with linebackers' eyes. And I just was really good. I had a really good feel to just kind of feel out how to press a hole, press it far enough where, you know, I'm getting that D-lineman to kind of commit and then just just hitting that backside gap, replacing that linebacker really quickly. And uh, obviously kind of at that level, you know, you don't, you don't got too many really good run fits going on. So I was yeah. able to bust big runs a lot.
3: So, Chase, my question is, like, is there a uh, – um... I guess uh, a certain prototype running back that needs to fit that scheme, or can a downhill running back fit fit that spread offense scheme as well?
2: I think it's different P two, so I think you can you can gear it in different ways. Like I think it's a lot of ways to run an RPO in, in offense. You know, I feel like you can you can run gap scheme RPO if you want, where instead of running zone scheme, you just run a one back power and replacing it with like a you know a, a slant on the backside. You just read that backside wheel but I think RPO scheme is kind of best fit for his own just because, uh, man, when you when you start making those splits wide, man, you start making a lot of lanes and you start having people having to pick and choose which gap to go to and you can make somebody wrong. I mean, that, that's kind of what the NFL is gearing towards now, man, you see yeah. so many dual threat quarterbacks and so many RPOs going on to where it's just hard, you know, for y'all defenders to where like, y'all got to play two damn people almost at one time, bro. It's like, you know, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Yeah. How many touchdowns do you have that game also? Uh, four. I, yeah. Four touchdowns that game.
1: Ah, boy. I know you're in the record books, books up there in Fordham. So man, hats right? off to you. No. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. 359, Appreciate four touchdowns. So go get that record. Let's see if somebody go get that record. So, Hey Chase, when you look at everything you did at Fordham, um, and then in 2018, the draft is here.
2: What was it like getting that call from Arizona in the fourth round? Man, bro. I'll tell you what, uh, my senior year was actually my hardest year just because, uh, I only played three games, bro. I had, uh, I was chasing this, this stupid-ass record. I was chasing the all-time uh, D1 record for rushing yards. I only needed 1,200 yards to get it. You know, I was really supposed to shatter. I had never had a year under 1,600 rushing yards in my first three years. And I'm finally getting some hype about my name. I know I see I'm on top 10 running backs coming in preseason. I was like number nine and number 10 coming in uh, on, the, on, the mock, on the mock board. And, you know, I'm finally getting this recognition, bro. And I started getting caught up in just, you know, the hype, man, because I never had the hype around me, you know, and I felt like I, I, I finally earned this hype. I finally get my name going and uh, I ended up getting a, a ankle sprain week two. And I just remember, bro, battling like saying, man, do I go back in? You know, I want to get this record. I was worried about this dumbass record, bro. And, you know, uh, and I ended up trying to go back in, bro, and it messed it up even more. And it was just, it was just a terrible year for me. You know, my film was terrible because when I was playing, I wasn't hundred percent. I was timid because I was like, you know, I was kind of scared to get hurt and it was just, it wasn't right. So my stock fell heavy, agents stopped calling, agents stopped hitting me up. So that was just a year of trials and tribulations for me, bro. And then, um you know, but again, this it was just a blessing in disguise from, you know, God works in mysterious ways to where, you know, my stock falling and everything like that. And how everything worked out. I ended up dropping perfectly to the Arizona Cardinals to where my sister was already living out there, and my mom had just retired out there, you know, wow. like five months prior. So, you know, I just believe that everything happens for a reason. But that, that year for me was just really uh, mentally challenging. But mm-hmm. I feel like it just it, it got me right, man, to, to learn how to weather storms, you know, in the NFL. That's really what all it's about, bro, weathering storms and keeping your confidence at an all-time high. Because that's the one thing I learned in this league, you know. I remember my rookie year being starstruck by P2, being starstruck by David Johnson, by Larry Fitzgerald. You know, just, just to be on the same field as, as people that, you know, I looked at growing up as like, damn, like they, they the ones, you know, that's they one of one. Um, but I learned just being in the league, bro. If you ain't got that confidence in yourself, you're going to get exposed
3: quickly. No doubt about it. And while speaking, while you're uh, speaking on your way, your journey to the NFL, uh, what would you consider your welcome to the NFL moment? Was it that, uh, that game where we beat? the uh, the the Green Bay Packers and Green Bay, yeah, probably. <laughs> Not yeah,
2: because you know I, you know I wasn't playing year one. They was the man and everything like that, and I was the backup or whatever. But I wasn't playing at all. So when I got my opportunity and was able just to do just a little bit of something and help us and help us win a football game, I think that that was that was big for my confidence because I really felt like
3: okay, you know, I I can play, man. I I can at least
2: play a little bit,
3: you know. <laughs> it, that game do you remember that catch that larry made in that game though that third down when you uh oh uh, uh, uh josh rosen had rolled down. i can't remember oh, all
2: oh, the-, the, the the low the low dive
3: oh I my the- God. Yeah,
2: man larry man i tell people all the time because larry his last like two three years he had no business in terms of like <laughs> in terms of like speed wise and, and movement wise right. being on that field but he was just so good, bro. I never seen somebody be able to locate the ball like that and just and snag it no matter what, no matter what.
1: Yeah. yeah. And one <laughs> of the best, best shorthanded wide receivers to ever do it. No doubt about it. All time great. great. Hands down. All time great. great, man. Yeah. So Chase, you talked about 2018, David Johnson was the man, right? Yeah. And then in 2020, David Johnson, who was the main running back, got traded to Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. What were your immediate thoughts on that trade? And then for yourself, what did you think about how your role could change? What change yeah. with David Johnson no longer there?
2: So coming into 2020 with Dave no longer there, I think uh, that was the year, cause I had got hurt that year. So 2019, I got hurt after my three mm-hmm. touchdown game, I, I tore my hamstring. And that's when KD came in and he did his thing. But I, I just knew that when, you know, David kind of being gone that I felt like, you know, Okay, it was a chance for me at least to to be more into like a integrated into like a one-two back system at least and no longer like this young rookie backup that's just there in case the, the big guy get hurt, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then, and kind of getting D-Hop to go along with K1, I remember being a lot of excitement in the locker room, man, and just a lot of hype. We were starting to get big time names in that locker room and, you know, expectations obviously go higher as you, as you get the bigger names in there.
1: So speaking of Arizona, man, most recently there was a lot of news coming out of Arizona. I think even before you signed your new deal with the Miami Dolphins, uh, but were you surprised with some of the drama that went down with Kyler Murray? You know, he scrubbed all the Arizona material off his social media. Uh, it seemed like it was a disconnect between Kyler and the organization. You know, what were your thoughts on that little ordeal? And did you see that happening before it actually became a reality? We both been in that locker room, Chase. <laughs> yeah, y'all both been in the locker room under the same yeah. regime too, so, I, you know. Yeah, Feel us yeah. in what, what what's going on out there, AZ.
2: Feel uh, in. It wasn't surprising to me, bro, to say the least. And why is that? Um, just because, you know, being around the locker room kind of just like, you know I mean, I don't, I, don't, I speak when spoken to, but I my, my ears is always open, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. My ears is always open, so just kind of going through some things that I knew, like how certain things were done, um, I know us as players sometimes didn't always agree with, uh, and, you know, obviously, man, that's that's kind of how it's always going to go in the game of football with whether it's coaches, players, front office players, front office coaches, whatever the case may be in terms of what relationship you are talking about, but just, I just know, man, especially knowing how the last two years had ended, meaning uh, 2021 and I think 2020, mm-hmm. and knowing that the type of competitor that, that K1 is and the type of, you know, winner that he wants to be and that he is, you know what I'm saying? I knew it was going to be, you know, at some point, some things happen, especially just because you see the power that quarterbacks have now, bro. I mean, Deshaun oh, yeah. Watson just got 100% of his contract guaranteed, guaranteed, yeah, bar none. You know what I'm saying? So they 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 hold the weight, man, and you, and you got to pay them. And, uh, you know, I feel like K1 obviously got to do what he got to do to make sure he get paid and take care of himself, take care of his family. But um, just in terms of with the, that drama a little bit, you, you definitely saw it, man, the way things ended for us the last two years. It wasn't up to our standard at all, bro. And uh, you can see the frustration getting ready to boil over. And, right. and that,
1: Go ahead, Pepe. I was going to say, that that's a nice segue when you talk about how things have ended the last two years for you guys. You guys start off on fire, but something happened. fire, where, yeah. You, know, you kind of yeah. run out of gas. I mean, the Cardinals have struggled in the second half of the season. The, <clears throat> the, the last two years, under Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals are 15-5-1 in the first seven weeks of the season and finished in 9-2. and two to finish the season why is that
2: bro i don't even know i like and it's crazy because now that i'm not on the team you know you can just sit back man and and call it out is be honest with yourself and you still have these conversations with the guys bro Mm
0: -hmm.
2: of like trying to figure out what the hell went went wrong goes wrong and and you don't even know but i just feel like uh you know i feel like sometimes man like culture um culture establishes that like when you see like culture teams in the NFL, like Baltimore Ravens, the New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, those teams that no matter, no matter how talented they look, bro, you know what I'm saying? From top to bottom, they just somehow find a way to win damn games. They somehow just find a way to continue to be in, you know, big games and and successful seasons year after year, after year, after year, after year, Uh, you can go like, even like Mike Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, like he had them boys ready to go into the playoffs and, Honestly, talent-wise, it didn't. Nobody believed that the Pittsburgh Steelers could even beat her. But it's just, it's something about that culture that you can't really put your finger on, man. It's like some teams have that culture and some teams don't, and sometimes it starts from the top. The top from the bottom, you know. It, it, it takes its place, but I feel like that's kind of what it was for us. What we you just, what you think of we, this,
3: Pat P? Because
1: you know, you, now you see it from a different side as well. Chase is about to in enter your world, playing for another organization. Now you kind of see how other organizations yeah, do. It, he, what you think? Uh, about culture
3: and I think the thing that Arizona do a bad job of dropping the ball is keeping key guys keeping core guys there that can help you continue to build not just like like a Chandler Jones for an example yeah there's no way in the world Chandler Jones if you're if you're looking to win if you're looking to compete for a Super Bowl championship there's no way in the world Chandler Jones should be walking away Mm -hmm. I don't care how you cut it and I'm not even that position like but I, like I have seen it time and time and time again with Calais Campbell you know a guy on had you know great years after he ended up leaving you know this goes on yeah As they have a a tough problem or you know just just keeping guys there that means something to the team you know I, I think they Always And, and young is always, you know, everybody, they want to follow everybody else's footprints of what they did. You can't do that in this league. You have to find your way and be authentic with your way and can't follow everybody else's way.
1: Yeah. And those and numbers I, th- I gave, I want to make sure I reiterate, the last three seasons, those were the numbers in, in 9 and 20 to finish the season. Last question and we move on. Both of you guys, since you both participated for the organization around the same time, and you played with Kyler Murray. Do you guys believe Kyler Murray will finish his career in Arizona?
2: No. Uh man, I yeah. The way things are, just especially with how people just move, bro, and get traded. I don't think so.
3: It's just it's a new way, bro. It's a new era in the, in the NFL. Um, yeah, and I've been around. I've been K one. He's a competitor. He's a fierce. Yeah, and I feel like no disrespect to the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like. Don't put the team in position to be successful year after year after year. They want to sit and wait on draft picks instead of being aggressive in free agency. Go and get guys that can help you get better right now versus waiting on the future. And Kyler Murray's not going to sit
1: around and wait for that. Like, I've mm-hmm. been around I mean, we kind of saw that this offseason when he, yeah. you know, felt some type of way. The kid wants to win. He's been a winner every way. No, nah,
2: he wants to win, bro. People going to say a lot of things about K-1, but... I'll stand on it. He wants to win more than anything. I promise you that. So if the winning ain't happening, I don't <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, well, let's let's go to uh you know current current time for you. Uh off season hits. Uh James Conner and yourself both headed to free agency. You knew exactly yeah. it was gonna be a business decision but well, yeah. one, one direction or the other. But how did you approach free agency and what led to your decision to sign with Miami, the Miami Dolphins um, outside of right. South Beach?
2: So I already knew going into free agency that I did want to just test the market just because I felt like, you know, I always want to do that in my life. I always wanted to go into free agency and, and just see what the league thought of me, bro. You know, see what the league thought about my film, about my work, about kind of my projections and where I could go as a player. Um, and so kind of how I approached it was just that, you know, okay, I felt like, I kind of had my priority list, and um, for me, it was just salary. You know, trying to play for a competitor, and then and doing kind of what I felt like schematic wise was going to be best fit for me and best be for my talents. So Arizona did end up offering me a contract. They did, but uh, they they rescinded it once um, J C accepted his, which I, I figured that was that was going to be what it was. It was just a business decision, and mm-hmm. I understood that. And for me, man, it was really between. What I thought was uh, Buffalo and Miami. Um, I had no problem going up to Buffalo with Josh Allen, but uh, in the in the end, I felt like Miami. The, the money was just a little more right, and made more sense for me. Um, and I did believe in McDaniel, bro. I believe in that system, that that run scheme they got. Oh. And how they how they utilized the back out the backfield, uh-huh. bro. I mean, I'm about we, I already got the playbook, and I'm telling you, the running
3: back in this <laughs> offense can eat, bro. So hey. uh, <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> I played against uh, Mike Shanahan offense for Man. what years? That thing hell boy out there with that yeah, running bro. game, man. It it's hell, bro. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, oh that first. hey that that could be some trouble. But and, and, that Shanahan tree crazy. Hey, but real All quick,
1: right. Pat P. Speaking of that, the, the the scheme and how I do believe you you're gonna do wonderful in that scheme. Fantasy owners already. I don't know if you pay attention to fantasy football chase, but they they got excited when you yeah. signed with Miami and understanding the scheme that you would be a part of in 2022. But let's go ahead and give the fantasy owners a real, you know, little sneak peek about what they can expect from you. What what will an owner get out of Chase Edmonds if they draft him in this year in fantasy <laughs> football?
2: Man, uh, I'm gonna just say consistency, bro. You know, I, I'm a big believer in, and, not, and not, I'm a big believer in just put up and shut up. You know what I'm saying? Going out there and doing what I gotta do. But I believe that this year, man, I'm gonna be consistent for y'all. And I'm, I'm gonna stay on the field, bro. You know, I've been, I've been really trying to just strive and take care of my body. Uh, mm. I had an unfortunate, you know, it's how the game go, but it's an unfortunate two injuries that I was out of my control with the high ankle sprain, and then tearing my uh, hamstring, tearing my, my hamstring a little bit. But this year, man, just striving to do my best to stay on the field and stay consistent, because you know, it's crazy, bro. I love fantasy, but it's it's crazy how like I get deemed as a scrub and shit, bro. And it's like I missed, I think I missed five games last year. I got hurt in the first place, San Fran, so that don't even count. And I had nine hundred all-purpose yards, but I'm a scrub. You know, I felt like if I just got in the end zone a few more times, it, it, it don't go like that. But that, that's how it goes, bro. So just this consistency, man, and just doing my job, bro, and everything else will come with it.
1: And one thing about fantasy football, Pat P. You know, you still playing, so you don't know anything about it too much. <laughs> fantasy football, when it comes to running backs, you need to draft the guys that not just can that, that can give you production running the football, but catches. Yeah, catches. That's what Chase. And I and I had you I had you in one of my fantasy teams. I'm in three leagues, by the way. I used to get so pissed. Anytime <laughs> we inside the five yard line, bro. Here comes James Conner, and I know you're a team player, so I, I can say what you probably don't want to say. That's some BS. Every you get them down there between the in between the twenties, baby. I got Chase rocking that number two rocking, showing up. Soon yeah. we get inside the ten. Here comes Chicana. That's how the man had 27 touchdowns last year. Tell Coach McDaniels, don't take no red zone touches away from me because I'm probably going to draft you again. I need those. Oh, no question. But <laughs> but the way you catch the football out of the backfield, it improved dramatically since your time in the National Football League. And because of that, you became a, valu- a valuable asset for the Cardinals, and I do believe you will be a valuable asset for the Miami Dolphins, so I'm fired about fantasy. You know, we, we, it's, it's big money involved in fantasy, by the way.
2: I'm already knowing. I feel, oh, you know, I'm not even going to lie to you, bro. I think it's a conversation to be had, and I think, obviously, you got to get some smart people to figure out how you can protect the integrity of the game, but I think it's just funny how these owners, bro, they they utilize gambling to their benefit, and and the player's the one getting gambled on, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. they, don't, they don't get no benefit from it. I think it's I think it's, it's awesome. weird how that works, but uh I think it you know it needs to it needs to change with that. Just how college athletes wasn't getting benefit off their name, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's the right. same thing. You I remember seeing the stat, bro. Arizona had just legalized gambling out there. They said in the first like three months, like three billion dollars, some crazy amount was gambled, bro. And in sports gambling, that's that's crazy to me. That's crazy. Bruh,
1: what's gonna really change the game with the NFL? We all know players can't partake. We just saw what happened, Kevin. Rayman. Yeah, yeah. But yep. we, these new stadiums probably will have some type of betting s- spot in the stadium. You saw
2: Vegas. You saw that Ve- Yes.
1: Yeah. So probably, probably. Sure. I, I I, wouldn't be surprised the more, you know, the newest stadium that will be built. You can have a spot where you can go in there and put money on different games. Oh, yeah. Right. And you know how much money that's going to cash in. Because I see it because I'm just like you guys. When I played the game, I was so unfamiliar with the favorite, the underdog, the point spread, and all that—I didn't know any of that because I never paid attention to it. But since mm-hmm. being retired and being required to talk about gambling, boy, boy, that's a lucrative business. Yeah, boy, <laughs> lucrative—that's lucrative, bro. And just fantasy is a is a is a is <laughs> a piece of the gambling world. It is because most people who partake in fantasy leagues. We're we're fighting for something, and usually yeah. it's almighty dollar.
3: Yeah. My last one before we let you go, Chase, in um, yeah. beautiful South Florida weather. What is your expectations this year with all uh, with all the uh, big names acquired to this Miami Dolphins team? What is, what is your expectations for this 2022 season? Man, our expectation P two is a championship,
2: nonetheless, and that's what I love about the organization I went into. You know, McDaniel didn't even hide away from it. Uh, none of the players and the guys we got hid away from it, and we already got the whole team down in the facility working hard, man, and we know what it The takes whole team is in that- there. Whole team, but yo, bro, I was, I was one of the ones not there. I felt bad. I'm like, damn, I'm looking like one of one of those guys. But you know, I had a family vacation. I had to do that yeah. for my mom's. No question. And, and I, I'm on the Zoom meetings and everything. Like the whole team there, bro. The wow, you don't usually the see the whole that. team, bro. You don't you don't see that. And um, they they kind of got a standard going already, man. That we getting that that building, bro. We gonna we gonna work smart and efficiently, but we gonna work. You know what I'm saying?
1: Hey, hey Chase, I know you're not familiar with South Florida. But if yeah. y'all start winning down there.
3: <laughs> and get, get, get a little love. <laughs> also too, not that, when y'all do, if y'all do start winning, I'll say when y'all start winning. Stay away from South Beach. Go I'm to solid. work, go home. I'm, I'm solid, work.
2: you know me, you know AP P two. You
1: am know, going run the
3: streets a little bit, but I'll be all, right. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> all right. Hey,
1: hey, you can tap your toe in the water just a little bit, just to see how, how it feels. But don't though. put I'm that whole foot
3: it. in there. <laughs> Boy, you put that whole foot in there, hey, you won't get it back. Okay. <laughs> Know the saying why the Dolphins are always not successful? No question. (laughs) And it's
1: yeah, they don't know how to they don't how to keep it in perspective. When you look at certain teams in certain places, you're not surprised why they lose. Like the Jets in New York, (laughs) New York in New York, the Giants in New York,
2: man. Yo, New York teams is cursed, bro. New York City teams is cursed. That's it's over (laughs) with that. It's over with that.
1: And and it's something that you said earlier. It's all about the culture, establishing a culture, and being able to keep those guys that fit the culture, and that provides you know, leadership.
2: You know what's crazy, bro? The first thing McDaniel said, I'll never forget it to me, when I went in the office, I was signing. He said, he was talking about culture, and he said, culture's built by people, bro. It ain't built by no damn building, or by no, your no damn team name.
1: No question. And and that
2: and bro, he, he's, I can already tell, he's he's a young guy, obviously first time head coach, but his, his goal, bro, is to really establish the right culture that you need to go in there and win games. And I feel like with the talent that we did, a good job of adding this year, yeah. man, I feel like we're going to surprise people. Oh, yeah, I spent a lot of money out
1: there. Hey, just tell yeah. McDaniels, man, keep you in for a little, a few red zone carries. <laughs> <I> <laughs> got you got to do you like did your last year. Hey, last question before we let you go. What number are you wearing? Oh, two. Yeah,
2: two. Well, I'm staying with two. I'm staying like with Deuce. Yes, sir. I like yes, that, sir.
1: too. I like that, too. And and I'm a uniform guy, by the way. So I'm a former player, but I like looking at guys' uniform. Keep that yeah. long towel. How you been be rocking in the AZ? I know oftentimes yeah. you have a little spat, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Make sure uniform together. I tell yes, Pat sir. P all
1: the time, you can't walk out like the uniform man in the locker room. You know they have that uniform man on the wall.
2: Hey, mm-hmm. should I should, should I go should I go orange cleats or like or like the, the aqua teal cleats this year? Go orange with yeah. orange gloves. Say no more. With orange gloves? Yeah. Okay. Or either white gloves. Them white gloves be hidden. But you
1: white go that teal. Yeah. If you go that teal, go that teal, with maybe that all that all white.
3: Yeah, you gotta go teal with all white like that. Say no Talk more. The teal hey, cleats. P2 go
2: get you, hey P two, go get you looking right now. Oh yeah, Hey, hey Matt. You he said you don't look- get you looking right now. <laughs>
1: hey, uh, Pat. You know I used to call Pat all the time after that game. I see you was looking right,
3: Pat P. Hey, I see. I, uh, that's the first day I'm ask, looking at the uniform. Ask Chase. When they want to wear a certain uniform, what they do? P two man, go talk yeah. to Mark. need to wear that all red. <laughs> we did wear them red bottoms. All red, and crazy. That all red. No was question. Crazy. No question. Hey, lie. but hey, Chase,
1: man. Thank you for joining us. All things covered. Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, man. Nothing but. Success for you and your team. I mean, like I said, y'all boys spent a lot of money. Now it's time to put the production on, on the field. And we do believe you will do so along with the Miami Dolphins. So, man, thank you once again for joining us on your birthday. This man just yes, turned 26. Yes, 26. 26. 26, man. What you doing? What you doing tonight for your birthday or this weekend? You got anything planned? I got uh,
2: One of my college best friends live out here, bro. So I'm going to just go with him and go kick it and get some food, bro, watch these playoff games. I'm chilling, and, dog, because that was my celebration was already. I'm good.
3: And while you there, Chase, you got to go to uh, Novakoff. It's a uh like a Chinese cuisine. It's mixed with something else. It might it might be Japanese and Mexican mix. Uh, Nova what? Nova cough. Nova cough, all right. Say no more. It's I'll a check month.
2: that out. Is, is that a vibe for a shorty? That's a solo vibe.
3: Oh, it's a vibe for a shorty. Say no more. I'm gonna tap in. Vibe. Yeah. Tap, tap in. Tap in. Yes.
1: <laughs> <in. laughs> yes, sir. Hey, be safe, Chase. Thank you for joining
2: us. Yes, sir. Man.